Hello and welcome to the Victory Alabang podcast. You're listening to a message from our preaching series entitled Here and Now. Together we'll discover what it means to live our lives for the kingdom of God. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you today. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm back. Just in case you're wondering, I'm one of the pastors here in Metro Manila. <laughs> I get to go and visit uh, our place here in Alabang, and I'm glad to be back. Um, I had the chance to minister to some of the reservists, Armed Forces of the Philippines reservists this morning at 7 a.m., and then went to the service at 9 and 11. I'm back, and I'm, I'm, I'm here, all right? And uh, I'm just glad to be here with you. We are really committed to loving our city, and we had different uh, activities all over Metro Manila, but when we registered that name, Love Your City, that was it. Everybody just aligned themselves to uh, what you guys has, you know, have thought of, this Love Your City uh, program, and we'd like to continue to do that um, in our city and, and demonstrate the gospel, not just declare it, but demonstrate it. Uh, today, we are celebrating um, this season. We are celebrating our 35th anniversary as a movement. And uh, in light of that, we have a series called Here and Now. It has something to do with the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. We're talking about here and now. The kingdom of God is yet to come. And yet at the same time, the kingdom of God is here and now um, in our midst. And uh, the first time it came, Uh, the people, you know, had preached the gospel and, and they said, repent for the kingdom of God has, has come near you. It's basically an introduction of the Lord Jesus Christ. But this time here and now, the kingdom of God is here. Now, we're going to look at another angle of what the kingdom of God is all, of, is all about. And as we do this, turn your Bibles with me. To Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 44 up to verse uh, 46. Let's all rise as we read the Word of God. Matthew 13, 44-45-46. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has, And buys the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. This is the word of the Lord today. Let us pray. Father God, we ask you to come and continue to prepare us, to continue to use us for your mission here on earth. May we continue to see our part in this kingdom, in your realm, Lord. And may you continue to be magnified as our Lord and King in this kingdom. We give you all the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody say amen and amen. Go ahead and take your seats. Today we, we see a very um, simple uh, parable, a twin parables we Uh, we have tried to combine these two parables because they seem to be almost the same, almost like a redundant uh, parables. But nev nevertheless, we'll try to see uh, the similarities and the differences of these two. And, uh, and I'm hoping that we'll be able to understand it 
Um, you know, during their time, Jesus can just give a parable in one verse and people are able to pick it up just like that. But for us to read that and explain to you in one verse, it's kind of hard to understand, especially when you're talking about um, hidden treasure. Hidden treasure. It's, it's hard for us to comprehend that unless you're one of those treasure hunters uh, up to now of Yamashita treasure. Okay, if you're still looking for that, then it, this might be relevant to you. I've heard of stories upon stories of people who are, you know, thinking about a, a, a get-rich-quick get uh, fix or mindset uh, that they, you know, put all their money and investment into this search and hunting this treasure. And uh, 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 to their uh, dismay, uh, they, they've never seen anything but during that time, when this passage of Scripture, we're going to look at that verse again. I tried to explain it a bit before we uh, get to the heart of the parable. Is that uh, it says here in verse 44, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. Like treasure. The kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in the field. And why is it hidden in the field? Just a little background here. Israel is almost like a crossroads of the nations from the south. And in order for them to go up to the north, they have to pass through Israel. The same way with those who are from the north, they have to pass through Israel in order to get to the south. And the invaders would come. Their favorite spot to invade is Israel. And so if you're rich and you have all the treasure, you don't put that on a... <clears throat> Uh, you don't put that in a box. During their time, they didn't have much. They didn't have, you know, stock exchange. They didn't have banks all over the place where they can, you know, or, or places where they can invest. They have to keep their money. But they cannot put it in their house, in their homes. Um, today, we have vaults. I mean, you know, strong vaults. I mean, they would use dynamite and everything, and they can't even open it up, right? You know, it's so fixed in the house. You try to carry that vault you end up carrying the entire house. I mean, it's, it's tough. And yet, during that time, they can't do it. They can't hide it in their homes. Why? Because when the invaders will start to come, they'll take your treasures. So what, do, what, do, what would they do? They would hide it in their piece of land. They will keep it there. They'll hide it. They'll memorize it. They'll have their own personal, uh, you know, Google map. You know, just piece of paper. And then, or something, a cloth or something like that. And then there's a little map of their land. And then they put X. You know what I'm talking about? They put X. And then in that X, they, they put a, something like this, like a tree, you know. And kind of like that pillar there. And then they know there, there's some dotted lines like that. And they'll count it maybe 35 steps. Maybe that's a tree. And then they might walk from, east, you know, uh, this is the sunset, the sunrise. This is the tree. And then he'd probably memorize the place. And then they would walk 35 steps. And then after reaching 35 steps, then the treasure is right there. Are you with me? Um, um, you know, when, when I ran across the Philippines, I got my Garmin. So I'm supposed to run 50K. So I don't really know exactly the place where 50K is. But I got my Garmin. So I use that. I run. When I see it's about to be 50 I'll stop and raise my hands and say, this is the spot. This is the 50th K. Tomorrow morning, I'll be back here. So what would we do? We look at this place. This is the waiting shed here. There's a house there. 
you know, there's a tricycle there. I hope we'll still see the tricycle tomorrow morning, you know. And so we, we go around and look and memorize the spot. Then I ride my van and go to the city in a hotel. 12 o'clock in the evening, I'll go, I go back and travel back to that very spot and start all over again. They knew exactly where to find the hidden treasure. But the problem is that when the invaders would start to come, then they would also flee away. The owners of this land would flee away. And then as they flee, some of them are able to come back after several months or years. Now, usually when invaders would come in the city, they would destroy the entire city to the ground and then build upon it. That's why when you go to Israel, there are different levels of discovery depending on the generation. Are you here? You heard about it? And it's because that's the way they invade the city. They destroy all the edifices and then build upon it. And so when, when you run away and then after several months or years, you come back to your piece of land, the tree is not there anymore. Some of the invaders are not envir environmentalists. Some of them, they hate the trees. Some of them, they, they don't cut it. In Old Testament, there were times, don't cut the trees, you know. And then there are times they would ask to cut the trees. Well, what about if they cut the tree and you had the mop and you don't know where the tree is, you know? And, and you, there's no more, there's, the tricycle is not there anymore. <laughs> you know, you, you can't find it. Then some of them, they get frustrated and some of them, they start, uh, uh, you know, some of those, so they couldn't find their place anymore. There might be another building there. And so, but those who have come earlier would probably claim the land for themselves and say, this is my land right here. Who told you? Me. It's like the Ilocanos from Ilocos. They go to different provinces. They clean the forest and that's theirs. Well, my grandfather told me. That's how they, how they did it during before the war. Now, you know, during the Spanish times, you know, you have your big land somewhere in Bacolod. And you say, this is my land right here in the different barrios. This is my land. How do you know it's your land? Well, I'm about to approve this map and I'm going to go to Spain. So they travel to Spain and go to a certain commission, on department of commission, whatever. And then they get that piece of paper annotated or something like that. And then they go back home and says, this is my land according to this piece of paper. And all the barrios and all the people living there will be working for me. Now they call themselves hacenderos and, and, and so on and so forth. So a person who had, who had the chance to discover a hidden, a hidden treasure, probably he, he, had, had, he chanced upon it and he saw the treasure. And the Bible says he covered it up and then left. I'm going to explain to you later why he covered it up. Well, he covered it up because where is he going to put it? The land is not his. There are no banks, no pawn shops. So he has to cover it back again while looking around. And then he has to leave. And so that's the, that's the story of a man who has seen a, a, a hidden treasure. Now the second parable is not just a man, but a merchant, the Bible says. If you look at verse 45, a merchant. Kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. In search of fine pearls. 
In other words, he knew exactly what he's looking for as a merchant. It's not as if he chanced upon a treasure. He is already looking for fine pearls. And fine pearls during that time is some, some, something of value. Um, in the Old Testament, you don't, you don't hear pearls in the Old Testament. Only uh, silver and gold and bronze and diamonds, sapphire. But there are no pearls in the Old Testament. Only in the New Testament that there's such a, a, a desire for pearls, fine pearls. And so here's a merchant looking for a fine pearl. And as soon as he has seen the fine uh, uh, pearl, he has to make a deal with it, with the person who has it. And, uh, and, uh, and they, they talk about it. And, you know, Jews are known for, uh, for their way of dealing things. And I don't know if you remember Abraham when he tried to buy the cave of Machpelah uh, in order for him to bury his wife, uh, Sarah. And he saw the owner and says, may I please buy this piece of land? And the guy says in Machpelah, please don't, don't buy it. We know you. It's yours. We're giving it to you. He says, no, 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 no. I have to buy it. I cannot get something without me paying for it. He says, no, sir. Go ahead and take it. No, I can't. So, you know, the, if you see it in the Bible, it's like, wow, the guy in Machpelah is so generous. But in real sense, Jews would tell you they were bargaining. It's not just being generous. It's, okay, okay, so how much? Well, you, you, you're a good man. Maybe you can do this. So, I mean, they were bargaining. I mean, Jews are, they're, they're worse than Ilocanos. I mean, the way they, the way they bargain, you know? And, uh, but the same way with a, with a uh, merchant. I could imagine the mer- uh, merchant of, of fine pearls. I could imagine he'd talk to the person and says, may I see your pearl? Oh, wow. And not wow. Uh, okay, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a good one. Well, how much do you think you'll sell it? Well, at this price? Well, oh, that's too expensive. I, you know, I don't think that pearl deserved that amount. I, you know, I th- I, please lower it down, you know. And I could imagine the conversation. As soon as he got it, then he'd leave and go back to his place. And he would probably rejoice and says, I got it. You know, he would be rejoicing. Now, that's the scenario of these two parables. But I'd like to put uh, different uh, aspects to this for us to be able to follow uh, with the story. First, the discovery. I'd like us to see the discovery and and I've explained a little bit about the discovery, and it has something to do with, with uh, looking at how it was sought and how he has de- uh, deciphered and seen the fine pearl or, or, or the hidden treasure. And, and the Bible says uh, the kingdom of God is like the hidden treasure. Say kingdom of God. Kingdom of God is like, is like his reign, the reign of God, the rulership of Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, the, the kingship of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. His lo- uh, rulership. And when we say kingdom, you know, I believe that each and every believer ought to have that kingdom mindset. It is, it is not just me being blessed, but it's about me being a blessing to others. Thinking about the, the big picture. Not just thinking about my own little corner called victory, but thinking more beyond that. Do you know that our church, church is just a small part of the entire kingdom. Are you here with me? 
And so it's, you know, they are different. Different. The, the, the scope of the kingdom of God is so wide. It, it compasses the church. It's not just the church. And God wants us as believers to think kingdom. Whether you're a businessman, whether you're a student, whether you're a father, you think kingdom. Whether you're a grandparent, you think kingdom. You look at your grandchildren and you think about the kingdom of God. You run your business and you think about the kingdom of God. You're not just thinking about your kingdom with small K. But you're thinking about the kingdom with a capital K. Is the kingdom of God. Now, there's a, there's a discovery. Look at, you, you look at how it was sought and in search. Who in finding one pearl of great value, he discovered it. He didn't treasure. He, a man found and covered up. Covered up means I don't have anywhere to go. Let me cover this up first and let, let me be back. Come back here at this exact spot or the owner of this. I would approach the owner of this land and I'm going to do something about it. And so that's the hidden treasure. The second one is the disposition after he has discovered uh, the hidden treasure. How was it? In the first parable, the Bible says there was joy. There was joy in the, in the first parable. And we look at that. And he says, then in his joy, in his joy, he goes and sells all in his joy. This is, uh, if you summarize this entire parable right here, it has something to do with the disposition of the founder. The, the joy in his heart. And, and, and that's, that's something. It's, uh, it's revolutionary. Uh, some of you probably... He, you know, when you received the Lord, some of you were, um, you were so touched. You were crying like a baby. Some of you are having goosebumps and you don't know what to do. Some of you, you just raise your hand, you know. No feelings. You just raise your hands. Uh, is that about a food or something? Free, free, free shirts or something? You know, what is this? Why are you raising your hand? There might not be no emotion at all, but it's about salvation. It's about a change in a, in a, in a person's heart. It may be joy. It may be a sense of expectation and faith. Look at the next, uh, the next uh, parable. We see there, in search of fine pearl. In other words, in other words he, was already have a, he had a sense of expectation. He had a sense. He knew what he was looking for. Fine pearls. Is that a gold? Is that? No, no, I'm not buying it. I, I'm, I'm looking for fine pearls. So when he saw one, the expectation was met. So he moved, how many know every businessman is, you know, you, you're always taking a risk when you invest. When you, you're taking a risk when you do something with your finances. And, and but you have faith. If you are, a, you, know, you, you know, the same way with, if you're into agriculture, every time you plant your seed, it's by faith. You're letting go of your seed instead of hiding in your, in your, in, in your barn, you're letting go of the seed and you let it, and that's taking risks. Same with this businessman. In search of fine pearls, he, he, his expectation is his faith. And the other one is his joy, uh, overwhelming his heart. And that's his disposition. And that was an amazing experience. The other one is right after, uh, right after he has discovered with joy and with faith and expectation 
there was a sense of dedication uh, that he decided to sell all. Uh, he decided to, he was so excited about what he had discovered. He went and sold, the Bible says, he sold, goes and sells all that he has. Verse 44, goes and sells all that he has. Say all. All. He said, he didn't just, he didn't just, uh, he didn't just sell a part of it, but all. This is it. All in. This is it. The same, the same disposition, uh, dedication uh, in, in the next parable. Let's look at the next parable here. The same dedication. And says in verse 46. And says, went and sold all that he had and bought it. He went and sold all. I had a conversation last night with, uh, we're going to have a reunion, reunion with those with those people who have come to know the Lord Jesus in our movement in, since 1984 to 86. So we had a conversation in our chat and we were talking, reminiscing the past and what are the quotes, famous quotes that, you know, helped, uh, helped us while we were young. And uh, I said, would you please post those famous quotes that you remember? And so they started putting some of the quotes that really, you know, strengthened them in their faith. And can I share some of those? There's one here, all or nothing, you know, all or nothing. This is uh, a way of, you know, this is it, all or nothing. And some of you might think, why is it like that? Well, it's just the way it is. I, there's been that sense of sentiment amongst the believers in the 1980s because young people have this angst. They, they want to change the world. They go rally every Friday. You see, Recto is near Malacanang. So they're tear gas every Friday and, you know, pe young people are rallying. LFS are all over the place and there's that, uh, you know, if these Marxists are on fire for something, Christians ought to be more on fire, you know, things like that. We think differently then. We don't just think about, let's go to the mall. It's cold there, you know. <laughs> we don't think that way, you know. Let's go there. It's hot there. No problem, you know. <laughs> All or nothing, you know. Uh, the other one, we have another one here. Um, if Jesus is not Lord of all, he is not Lord at all, you know. If Jesus is not Lord of, Lord of all, he is not Lord at all. And we would connect that with an illustration of a guy who went to his fiance and says, I love you so much, so dear, I'm, I'm going to marry you. There are 365 days out of a year, but only one day, 364. Only one day I'll go back to my old girlfriend. I love you so much, so dear. How many know that so dear will slap that guy in the face? One day, one day, Kajan. Now, imagine if a woman has a high standard in relationship, 100%, 365 days out of a year, how much more our relationship with Jesus Christ? You think our standard is higher than, our, than the standard of God? That's why we say. Let's all read it together. If Jesus is not Lord of all, He is not your Lord at all. Isn't that too radical? That's too radical. That's the sentiment of the youth way back in the 80s. It's so radical. Next one, there's another one here. 
do you have the, do you have the, this one. This is to pay any price, to go anywhere and preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. That's why we go to the nations. I think a theologian mentioned this, but we keep on, on, on hearing this during that time. Another one here. Another one, where you lead me, I will follow. Now, this is the corniest, but it sounds good. Where you lead me, I'll follow. But what you feed me, I'll swallow. You know, this is not all out, man. This is it, man. <laughs> Wherever, where, where you lead me, I'll follow, Lord. What you feed me, I'll swallow. Lord, you know, to some of you, you like it. Some of you are allergic to things. No, <laughs> I'm not going to swallow everything. But, but the spirit is the same. It's selling all that I, that I, that I had. He, he sold everything that he had for the sake of the discovery uh, uh, that he, um, he, he found. And, you know, this is amazing. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Let me just digress a little bit with this verse from Paul. And he says, therefore, therefore, I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God, uh, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual what? Worship. We all worship today and sang those songs, but there's more than just songs. It's offering your bodies as living sacrifice. Now, living sacrifice is an oxymoronic uh, a combination of words. How can you be living and sacrifice at the same time? Because Anytime you, every time you sacrifice something, they don't survive. They, they die. They become ashes when they're being sacrificed. Could you imagine a lamb being sacrificed with a dagger and then burn it? And then that's a sacrifice. Could you imagine a, a lamb the next, the next morning walking in black and with a little smoke and says, Hey, what happened to you? I survived last night. I came from the altar and I survived. Oh, really? That's not sacrifice because real sacrifice is you are no more. And yet Paul says you are a living sacrifice. How many of you know they, they say it's easier to die for Jesus. It's harder to live for Jesus because it's every day. He's the Lord of your life. And that's what it means by selling all. Happy anniversary. You still love our anniversary? I just shared with you our coats the last 35 years. And, and amazing, amazing a mindset. It was so radical. The value of the kingdom. It, this parable speaks of the value of the kingdom and, uh, and basically the cost of discipleship. It has something to do with discipleship and and. And it's very crucial. And what about the response as we end today? What about the response? Well, he discovered the hidden treasure. He had joy in his heart. He went and sold his possession and came back and bought it. That was his response. He came back and bought it. He was so changed by what happened to him that he decided to come back and buy that piece of land. The next, hap the next uh, happened to the, ne the, the next uh, parable here. And it says, 
at the later part of the verse, and bought it. He searched, he found that pearl of great price, the kingdom of God. That he was so excited about it that he came back, sold everything he had and came back and bought it. How is this going to apply to our lives today, the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God, finding the kingdom of God is, is you're like God's representative and ambassadors and agents here on earth. That every time the kingdom of God is not uh, penetrating and not uh, permeating society. It's either you send yourself there or you prophesy or you, or you believe God that the presence of God in this kingdom and his reign would, would, uh, would continue to thrive in that area. When you're praying for the sick, you're advancing his kingdom and you're saying, you know, a spirit of sickness. You're commanding that sickness and let that be replaced by the power of the kingdom of God healing. When things are not happening when, when corruption is seen in, in Bucor, I mean, in, when, when it's, you know, when, when things are not happening around us, you declare God's kingdom and says, Lord, let your kingdom come on this part of the earth. Let your kingdom come in the Senate. Let your kingdom come in the lower house. Let your kingdom come in Malacanang, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. I, I, was, I was talking to one lawyer uh, on Viber and he introduced himself. He's a lawyer from another church. And he says, when I was a student, there were students in UP, law students who invited me. And they were so inspiring. And, I, and, and not only these students, but I had these two lawyers on, on, on a certain magazine. And when I saw they were Christians, I was so fascinated by them. I was talking about Tito Bomboy Fabregas, Attorney Bomboy Fabregas, and, and another guy. I don't have to mention the name. And he says, then I discovered these people are from Victory. These two lawyers were from Victory. The students in UP were from Victory. And then he is basically telling me and Bishop Manny Carlos and says, you guys inspired me. And guess what? I'm continuing, continuing what we have started way back when I was a student. We're going to have this group of lawyers who would fight for what is right and righteousness. I like it when... Matthew chapter 6, we, we have just read the passage of the scripture a while ago. And it says Matthew 6, 33. Let, let's all read this together. Ready? Go. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. We don't want to just so focus on these things. But we're going to focus on the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And let these things be added unto me. May our hearts, you and I here in this place, continue to imbibe and embrace a kingdom mindset. That we have this, and we can say this, that gaining something of great value is worth sacrificing everything for. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.vickeryalabang.church.